0: Welcome back to another episode of Your Pocket Nurse, a podcast for student and graduate nurses. I would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people as the original owners of the land that I am recording on. I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Your Pocket Nurse. Today I'm joined by Ivy. She's a current graduate nurse as well and I think she's got a really awesome story to share so I hope you enjoy this episode. We'll be covering like transition shock and sort of navigating your grad year when it might not be exactly what you expected it to be. So hey. Hi,
1: thank you for having me. How are you going? (laughs) Thanks for joining me. I'm good. I I have just gotten back from my morning walk. I have five days off which is amazing um, oh, I love that I know except I, I'm going into nights next week so That's I know that me. it'll be yeah. short-lived <laughs>
0: yeah I had um yeah I start nights tomorrow so it's oh. Like, oh. yeah regrets anyway so I sort of um ask like three questions to everyone yeah. and sort of see what the answers are so the first one is like why did you become a nurse and if you weren't a nurse what job do you think you'd have
1: Um, so I actually had quite a lot of health issues growing up um, and I spent a lot of time uh, at the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne. So, um, I think it was around, it was in high school. I think it was in about year 10 when we had to start sort of picking our subjects for VCE. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was sort of, I remember this so clearly I was sitting in a hospital bed And I was talking to my mom and I was like, oh, like I need to decide what subjects I'm doing, which kind of, you know, means that I need to decide what I want to do really or where I want to aim. And, um, and I kind of just turned to her and I was like, you know what? I could totally be a nurse. Like I pretty much know everything anyway, like, (laughs) come, you know, spending all this time in the hospital and. The nurses had come in, and I'd put my arm up, and I knew what I had to do, and I knew that they needed a finger for the pulse thing, and you know, yeah. Um, so, yeah, honestly, like people say that, you know, some people might talk about getting a calling, and I one hundred percent think that I got a calling. Um, mm-hmm. it was just I woke up one day and I was like, you know what, I could actually do this. Like, I would really love to do this, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think because I spent so much time in the hospital as a child growing up, it kind of became a little bit of a safe place for me, which, you know, some might think is a bit odd and strange and the opposite of what you might feel. But, yeah, it honestly was a calling. Um, I think I I like to do a lot of different things. I like to have a lot of fingers in different pies. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you're a busy girl. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, growing up, I always wanted to be a musician. I grew up singing, playing guitar and piano, and I still do to this day. And I have a band. And I think if I wasn't really super passionate about nursing, which I am, um, I would probably dedicate my time to a music career. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, you know, growing up, part of me knew that, that's not sustainable unless you put absolutely everything into it so I thought nursing was a really good job to have just to fall back on um yeah I agree and I think with
0: nursing it's like because of the shift work you can like you do have that extra time to sort of have like you know as people call it like a side hustle you know and you know find like a, a second job or something that you know Totally. Doesn't brings you joy, not that nursing doesn't, but you get what I mean. Like I yeah. know lots of people that like I've even been thinking like maybe I want to become like a Pilates instructor because I'm so into Pilates at the moment yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm thinking like that'd be like really fun, like, you know, just one or two little classes a week or something yeah. and it's not there to like make you rich. It's there to like sort of just add a little bit more, you know, substance to your busy life and I feel like with a nine to five job, it's definitely harder because when are you going to fit in that job?
1: Exactly, and do you know what? Like the, I think the reason it, having a side hustle, as you said, is so popular with um, with nursing or nurses, is that you actually need that break, mm-hmm. you need that distraction. Because if you're one hundred percent full time focusing on nursing, like I don't know how people do it. Like I know, I I'm, you do point eight, don't you? Yeah. So I do point eight, which is eight shifts a fortnight, and. I could not do more than that. Like, yeah, it is I know, right? rare that I do overtime. Like,
0: a hundred percent. I know. I've even been thinking, um, like, you know, picking up like an extra shift here and there to do. Um, like vaccinating, I've been thinking, yeah. but I need to like sus. But then I think, oh, do I really want to give up my days off to vaccinate?
1: Exactly. And it's, I mean, it's just up to how, like, you know, some people are on wards where it's it's not that busy or it's a bit more specific, the care. So you're not quite burning out as quick. But mm-hmm. honestly, I think any ward at the moment in the current mm-hmm. um, context is really busy because, you know, um we're getting a lot of influx of people and a lot of hospitals are now taking COVID patients and Mm -hmm. a lot of other hospitals and wards are having to deal with the, um, the overflow of that. So yeah, um, it's hard. Yeah. I, I really prioritize my other jobs and my other distractions because it's the only thing that distracts me and gets me through.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I feel like like I've had like a few days off and I've actually like completely switched off about work yes. I'm like wait I have to go back still <laughs> you know I think like at the start because you know with placement like you think oh I've just got to get through the next like 3 weeks 4 weeks yes. and then I was like wait this doesn't stop this is my life now like this is what I do all the time Literally. and I have like a long day's off I'm like oh wait now I have to go back to work and yeah. I just think oh You know, sometimes I feel like, oh, I just really want to stay at home and just do what I've been doing on my days off. Yeah, totally. Like it's not that we don't love our job, but like I feel like I've said it from the start, like I love my days off. Like I love doing things for me, you know, and making, like filling up my cup rather than, you know, just being burnt out and running around the ward, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you have to. There's a I don't, I would love to meet a nurse who works full time and doesn't feel that like, yep. I just don't think that exists, especially in this context, especially in yep. this world. In yeah, nursing. there's so
0: much extra stress and strain on healthcare workers at the moment.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, next question uh, What area of nursing do you think you want to eventually work in?
1: Um, so you know this about me, but my passion, um, and going back to, you know, my, I guess my nursing story is that I really want to work in pediatrics, um, Mm -hmm. which is, which is um, focusing on children. Um, that was kind of the second, um, the second sort of thing that I, decided on when i was deciding i wanted to be a nurse as i said i want to be a nurse but only with children (laughs) um which at that time was a very um you know a very small headed i guess thought um i work i currently work with adults at the moment and i do love it um I never thought I would, but uh, I was really open to my placements and I was really open to learning anything when Mm -hmm. I was in uni, which I think is really important. So um, I just made sure that it was a priority for me that during uni I really fought to be able to get a placement in paediatrics because I wanted to at least experience it. Um, Because there's a difference, you know, there's a difference between loving kids and loving, you know, babies and whatever and being around kids and it's all fun and games. But there's also another side of it which is really um, quite difficult is dealing with kids in pain and dealing with kids who are going through quite severe health issues. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure in uni before I got a job in it that I actually did truly love it Um, and I was lucky enough to get a placement at uni um I fought tooth and nail for it but (laughs) I was lucky enough to get a placement in the pediatric ward and that definitely cemented my love for it um but going into my graduate year obviously I knew that there was going to be a small chance that I got a a rotation on a pediatric ward um Mm -hmm. but there was also going to be a large chance that I didn't and I sort of had to come to terms with that and I think um, having that open mind has really helped me because I've actually turned out really loving it. I I didn't get a rotation on a paediatric ward in my grad year, um, but what I did get was a really good foundation knowledge of nursing skills um, in adults, which I think is really important when you're starting out because paediatrics is just so different to adult mm-hmm. nursing. Um, yeah,
0: and you can always change, like as you know, like I feel like. Often people get really caught up in thinking like, oh no, if I'm, you know, working adults, like how will I ever get to PEDs? But exactly. like, you know, the chances of, you know, working at a pediatric hospital or even getting a rotation on a pediatric ward is unfortunately so small and, you know, that's a lot of people's passion. So it is hard to get in. But then obviously there's always ways to get into it afterwards. So think it's like yeah as you said to have such a open mind and just you know take on the experiences that you're offered and then know that eventually you'll get to where you want to be
1: and at the end of the day you're still you're still learning you're still Mm -hmm. like in your grad year you're not sort of coming out as a professional RN that knows everything so Mm -hmm. I was just happy to sit back and take whatever as you said whatever experience that I was given um, And unfortunately, as a grad, you really just you really can't pick and choose. You just have to accept take it what you're given, yeah, and take what you're given. And the sooner I think a lot of new, um, you know, third year third year students or new grads um, understand that, I think, and come to terms with that, I think you'll feel a lot more like a lot better about going into your grad year.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Um because on my first episode I discussed about how I thought I wanted to do peds and then um, cuz like you I also went to the maybe we were buddies once but I've been yes. to the children's <laughs> hospital um a few times when I was younger as well for various reasons and um you know, I thought like it was really, it's like such a beautiful hospital. It like, is. you know, my goal is always was the Royal it takes, Children's. It takes, you, um, it
1: takes you to a different place at that hospital. It's
0: so wonderful there. And so I, yeah, like you, I thought I want to experience it, like from kind of like a healthcare perspective. So I did like volunteering at the Royal Children's and I really liked that because it was good and I was just like cuddling babies all day and things like that. <laughs> but I think that it also made me really stressed yeah, Because I was like, oh, God, these, are, these aren't, like, happy kids you see, like, you know, walking around or, like, you know, I've got some, like, little baby cousins and things like that. These are, like, sick kids that, you know, are, you know, not always, you know, happy. And how do you, like, brighten their day and, you know, yeah. really worried parents. And I think that's what kind of caught up with me. I was like, maybe I'm not confident enough, like, to deal with that. I think that was my thing. And then... Like once again, then I had my Peds placement, and then the children cry when you try and do their OBs. Yeah, I like oh, I don't really have the patience for this right now. You yeah, know, I think it's it's good to try out those areas, as you say, because like imagine I, you know, was if I got a job on a pediatric ward and then I didn't really like it, but then I might have like ended up loving it. It's very different yeah. from being a volunteer and a student nurse to being the actual nurse. Yeah, but. Yeah, I think I, I had someone message me and they were like, um, why didn't you like peds? And I was like, oh, I feel bad because I'm like I'm not trying to turn people away, but it's like a reality. Like sometimes what you think you love doesn't yeah. always end up being what you think it
1: is. And that's exactly why I wanted to get a placement during uni because I, you know, I'm the same. I have nieces and nephews and they're my absolute world. Like I yeah. devote pretty much 80% of my time to them And I know that I love kids. I know that I have the patience for kids. And I know that I have the patience for adults, like, you know, i.e. the parents. But I had no experience of dealing with kids in a hospital setting. Um, And I was really worried because I knew that if I hated it, well, there goes half my pretty much inspiration to why I wanted to be a nurse so I wanted to know that sooner rather than later and I knew that if I was stuck in a grad year where I hated it that it would be really quite disheartening for me personally Mm -hmm. um so yeah as I said I was lucky enough to be able to get a placement um and I was lucky enough to actually turn out loving it as much as I thought I would yeah that's really good I'm happy um
0: and what has been one of your favorite clinical experiences or moment whether it be like at placement or at work
1: um I think just sort of going to basics is in my first rotation um we as a ward would get you know, some really nice feedback. And there was a few times where we'd have a patient that would send a box of chocolates and a card and they would maybe personally name you, Mm -hmm. um, as being a really important part of their stay and their recovery. And I had, um, two times where I dealt with some patients, some quite difficult, well, one was quite a difficult patient. Um, just in terms of she, she developed delirium. So obviously she wasn't, acting as as herself and she was quite abusive when she was Mm. in that delirium and her family knew that and her family said this is not her this is not how she usually is you know and obviously you sort of know the ones that are usually like this and the ones that aren't so I was fine with it but I actually ended up getting a really nice message from the family that was sent through to the ward and it's it's nice I think when you're new because in that point Mm -hmm. of my experience this was in my first rotation it was probably about three months in I didn't know what the hell I was doing <laughs> so yeah. for anyone to come to me and say hey you did a really good job meant so much to me um because it just sort of gives you a little bit of
0: little confidence boost a little bit going. of confidence boost yeah 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 I agree it is really nice when people recognize like your hard work. Like even sometimes, like you know, you're so busy, and your patient's like, "Oh, you poor thing, you're so busy running around." Yeah. Like I don't know, just it's nice sometimes because some patients like don't realize that there's other patients that you're looking after. They don't. They I think believe. that they're the only one. Yeah. And it's yeah. nice when another one like recognizes it and says, "Oh, like you know, thanks for everything you've done." You know. It's just, it's nice. I like that because, yeah, some people, um, you know, draw on like a really big, significant moment, but it is those little things
1: on yeah. each shift
0: that do make.
1: And that's the know. thing that keeps me coming back, to be honest, yeah, is I know that out of every, you know, I might have four really crappy patients over three weeks, but mm-hmm. it's the patients that just give you those little, confidence boosts throughout the day that really keep you going because that's why you do it you know you don't do it to get spat on you don't do it to get yelled at you do it because you're wanting to make people feel better and you're wanting to help people and the people that recognize that are the ones that truly um get you through it
0: yeah I love that nice um so now I'll just ask you about your nursing like your journey to becoming a nurse so like any key um like things that happened during like placements, whether it be like applying for grad years, anything sort of significant, I suppose.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I went to ACU, so we met at uni. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think, I think it's just focusing on the end goal is really important especially when you're sort of in the middle of your degree um is just you know focusing on the end goal keep on focusing on where you want to end up um being a nursing student is grueling like Mm -hmm. it really is like the hours that you put in unpaid the things that you do, you know, sometimes. The silly you make, assignments they give us. Yeah, but also <laughs> on placements. Like sometimes you get some nursing staff that really um, can be quite, not nasty, but just sort of treat you like you're invisible yes. um, as a student or treat you like you're just there to do obs or you're just there to do the hygiene. Shows, or, yep. 100%. You know, um I think it's just really important like, through my journey was sticking to the people that are, I don't want to say are younger on the ward, but the younger ones and the the more junior ones are the ones that really tend to understand you and appreciate you as a student. Mm. Um, And 100% I love it when we have students on the ward because it's a chance for me to just give them the knowledge that I have so fresh in my mind Mm -hmm. and I guess give them a little bit of confidence boost. Like the other day, like I needed to take bloods or I needed to take a drain out. And I just said to the student who was working in a different section, but I came up to her and I said, Hey, if you've got time, I'm doing this. Do you want to take the bloods? Do you want to like giving them the tasks that I know Mm -hmm. as a student, um, I really appreciated having the experience to do. Um, So I think through my journey that that was good, just taking the opportunities, asking the questions, approaching the nurses and saying, hey, I know I'm not working with you today or, hey, I'm not working in your section, but I noticed that the drone is due to come out today or I noticed that the patient is um, going to theatre and coming back up. Can I come with you? Or just like things like that, you know, Taking those little opportunities that just give you the experience, um, and being really, being confident but not being too confident. <laughs> mm,
0: I think yeah, there's a fine line between that because, um, like, no one's no one's super confident. You know, even if you've got ten years experience, like you may not yeah. be a hundred percent confident because. Yeah. You know, we've only done like eight hundred and forty hours of clinical placement. Yeah. And then we're just thrown in the deep end. I sure was not confident. I was like, yeah. oh dear, what's going on?
1: Totally, totally. But, yeah. but um but yeah, I think just doing that and then also using when it came when it came to grad years, um, being aware of the services that the uni provides you to support you through that process. Um, I know that uh, Deakin and uh, Latrobe and things like that—they all have specific things to help you through. Um, you know, every uni has a different support system to help you through grad the graduate application yeah. process. Um, but specifically, ACU had a really good portal for different people, so like we could sign up to. Um, almost like webinars of how to write resumes or webinars on how to write a cover letter, um, using the templates that they get, they give you, um, mm-hmm. reading the articles, going through the, the different sort of articles that they post about different things and also reading examples that they gave. I th- I'm pretty sure from memory ACU, um, gave us examples of like cover letters and things like that just to go off, which yeah. was really helpful. Um, and yeah they had a few you could actually book in i don't think i did it but my friends did it is you could actually book in to have a physical person from the academic team read your resumes and read Mm -hmm. your cover letters um and give you feedback which is so valuable because they're obviously in the profession they've done this before they've hired people before so getting that really valuable feedback before you send off your applications was really quite um, useful to me.
0: Yeah, no, that's really good. I think that's really important is just being aware of like what's available on offer and sort of just try and pull your connections all together. Like I think even on placement, like if you make like friends with like, um, some of the nurses and yes they're really good just you know you can ask them like oh do you mind like when it comes to like application time if I send you you know my resume and cover letter for a bit of feedback because yeah everyone has like a different way of writing resumes and cover letter but I think if you like get a little bit of um, advice from lots of different people you can make like a really good application
1: and that's the thing and like that's what you pay the uni for like you I, yeah. your money goes towards them giving you this information so use it utilize yeah. it freaking 100%. abuse it like yes <laughs> yes. Yeah, don't pay $30,000 for nothing <laughs> oh I know I'm just thinking even though sometimes picture. it may have thought it may have felt like it
0: but <laughs> yeah oh dear I'm glad, I'm glad those uni days are over yeah. honestly I, I don't think I could have gone on any longer
1: no I agree
0: like, I was, like, I'm so ready to graduate just in the sense that those assignments are sometimes so silly and it's just, like, what are you even trying to get me to do? Like, yeah. how is this teaching me anything? Anyway, so that's definitely <laughs> a story for another time. Yeah. Um, so how did you um, – how was your transition into um, nursing and, like, going from a student to a grad nurse?
1: Um, I went into my graduate year feeling excited. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt nervous. I felt like I, you know, but I was confident that, you know, no, I've earned this. I'm a registered nurse. I've got the degree behind me, you know? Yeah. Um, but, I didn't actually realise the, uh, the, what's the word? I didn't realise how hard it would be until I was there in the thick of it. Um, and personally it, it was such a shock to me because I'm a conf- like, you know, I'm, I'm confident person. I'm not that, I'm not too confident or overly confident, but you're not shy. Like you're no, no. Um, but it really surprised me how hard I took it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I personally um, suffer from a lot of anxiety and I have um, I have, for pretty much most of my life. Um, and I have a really good control over it most of the time. But my experience going into my grad year was one that I really didn't expect would be as hard as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually dealt with um, transition, transition shock, um, which I think a lot of people don't know what it is. I definitely didn't know what it was um, until I was, you know, to the point where I was so stressed and so overwhelmed and so unhappy about going to work that I would call my friends in tears just being like, you know, don't make me go, don't. Don't make me go. I don't want to go. Like, mm. um, And it wasn't until I, I remember I had that phone call with one of my friends who actually just completed her graduate year at the same hospital. Um, she said to me, you're dealing with transition shock, you know. This is a real thing. This is I went through this um, and so many more people go through it than you would think, you know. Um, so as a good ACU nursing student, I thought I would come to the podcast with a little bit of an academic journal. Um, (laughs) have you got um, your APA,
0: um, referencing?
1: Yeah, I've got my (laughs) APA referencing on the document. Um, no, but there, after I sort of had my experience with this, I did a little bit more research and I wanted to know what it was and why. And I think for me personally, putting my symptoms to a definition or to a of diagnosis, but like, I
0: yeah, guess, understand a
1: bit more about what's going on. Yeah, to understand it more and more. to have it in front of me made me feel a bit better about it. Um, so, um, Judy Ducha is a um,
0: <laughs> um, got everything organized.
1: <laughs> I know, I do. Um, <laughs> um so Judy Ducha is a um, author who basically sort of highlighted the idea of transition shock and she um describes it as an experience of moving from the comfortable and familiar role of a pre-registration nursing student to the professional registered nurse so your professional rn which is what you go through when you graduate Um, and the initial and most it's the initial and most dramatic stage of this um, role adaption occurs in the first four months of professional practice. So the first four months of your grad year. Um, and that definitely highlights with mine, um, aligns with my experience. So the first four months were, were probably the hardest for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I probably hit the four month mark that I actually started to feel a bit more comfortable in my, um, in my job. Um, But she describes it as like an overwhelming fear, doubt, and all-consuming stress. And I'm not sort of highlighting this to scare listeners and I don't want people going into their graduate year to listen to this and go, holy shit, I don't want to deal with that. Like Mm. how can I avoid it and things like that. But I think I wanted to explain it on the episode because it's so common and I don't know why we I like – I don't know why we emphasise this feeling of needing to be confident and needing to be okay and Mm -hmm. needing to be, um, you know, relaxed in our job. It's freaking hard. It's so hard. And going from a student nurse to a real registered nurse with your own patients and your own responsibility is a transition that I don't even think any uni could prepare you for. No, nothing can prepare you for it. Absolutely nothing. And what I thought I would feel, I felt completely different things, you know, and it was, it was that overwhelming fear. It was doubt. It was, um, you know, feeling of failure, fear of failure, inadequacy. I felt imposter syndrome, you know, not only was I this new person, I was this new person on the ward that I knew didn't know half as much of the things that all the other staff knew, um, mm-hmm. You know, I was new, I was straight out of uni, I had different different academic experience behind me than say some of the older nurses um, or the more experienced nurses and I had new ideas that obviously we learn in uni with m- the most updated texts that didn't quite sometimes align with the staff. They did things completely differently than what we would learn in uni. So mm-hmm. it was just trying to find that I guess, middle ground of what can I do? What can I bring? How do I do this? And then how will I fit into what you guys do on this ward? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So um, I guess her research into this idea of transition shock showed that graduate nurses have a fear of being exposed as incompetent. Mm -hmm. And As an empath, and most people that suffer from anxiety are very sensitive people and are very empathetic people, I just had this fear that I was going to be exposed of being incompetent or I didn't know things, or I had this fear that I was going to do something wrong. And, you know, everyone will feel this fear to a completely different level. Um, But me personally, I felt it just, it was just overwhelming you know, Mm -hmm. to the point where I didn't want to go to work. I hated my job. I, and, and this is coming from someone that I've wanted to be a nurse since I was like, you know, 14 years old. And that's the only thing that I knew I wanted to do. And it was the only career that I could see myself doing. So when I was faced with this feeling of, this is not what I expected. This is not what I thought nursing would be. I don't want to do this. Like, it's, it's really
0: hard and because then so you're hard. sec, and then you start second guessing like is this the career that yeah. I should be working in have I just wasted like three years of my life studying and now do I have to restart it's like yeah it's a lot of pressure I feel like you know when you start your graduate they just like you like I feel like for myself I just thought okay well like you know you're the nurse now like you need to be good at your job but like you can't magically just be good at it it takes time you know you can't just wake up one morning and be like an amazing nurse you know like you know we all want to be but it's like experiences
1: yeah and like for a lot of students like for me i finished my last placement in october
0: and then Mm -hmm. i started my
1: job in february that's a long time to go without clinical experience Yeah, to then be expected to go in and having three days where you're supervised and then bang you've got your full patient load like like yeah I think there needs to be
0: another way around that yeah. because <laughs> three supernumerary is nothing and for me when I'm on supernumerary I just go back into this um student head zone yes. like I found that even when I went on my second rotation I had three supernumerary again and I just felt like because like I've done this like I know what I'm doing you yeah. know and being on pool like I'm very um Like, comfortable now and just walking onto a ward and just dealing with whatever patients I end up with, you know? But I just like went in and I was like, oh my God, like, I'm better go tell the, like, my buddy nurse who I was working with, like, you know, what I'm doing. So she knows, like, it's just so weird. Like, it's just a very weird thing. And I remember saying to my friend, I don't want to do supernumerary again, like, for my second rotation. She's like, why? Like, don't you want that support? I was like, no, because it makes me. Like, I don't know, it makes me feel really weird, to be honest. Yeah. Like it puts, I feel like it makes me take a few steps back.
1: It's such an awkward year in mm. general. The whole yeah. year is just so awkward because I'll even have days where I've got my full patient load and I will do my obs. And, you know, for example, someone might have a low heart rate and I I still go to my team leader and yeah, go, no hey, what do is I do? Happening. Like, <laughs> like you know this is happening what should i do i still sometimes feel like i'm a student and you know what in some ways you are you are yeah. still a student because you're you're a baby nurse you are mm. you've only got 3 years of experience and that's not 3 years of full-time placement that's no. you know 3 years of maybe well it's 820 or 840 hours of placement you know yeah. you're not expected to go into your grad year and be a fully professional experienced nurse dealing mm-hmm. with dealing with so many things you know um and that was such a hard thing for me to grasp and i still struggle grasping that concept you know i still have that expectation that i should know that you know mm-hmm. like for example i had a patient the other day that um, it was sort of handed over to me that he had a a low heart rate in ED and he was brought up to the ward and the doctors knew about his heart rate and he was asymptomatic and that was all fine. And I just took that word for it. You know, I just thought, okay, the doctors are aware. So he's got a low heart rate. Great. I don't need to page them if it's still sort of within medical review criteria. Um, and then, I ended up giving some medication. Obviously, I, I gave his cardiac meds and I, was, I made that clinical decision of do I give it, do I not? You know, this medication affects the blood pressure. Um, I didn't know that this particular medication also may affect the heart rate. So, of course, I gave it and then three, four hours later, he had a met call because his heart rate dropped, mm-hmm. you know. I went yeah. home from that shift feeling so horrible because I felt so responsible that I shouldn't have given that medication. I should have known. I should have known. Yeah. But I, really, like, I shouldn't have known because I've never experienced that before. I've never come across that situation before. Yeah. You know, all I can do is look at that medication and say, okay, it affects the heart rate. Who am I to know? Th- uh, sorry, it affects the blood pressure. Who am I to know that it may affect the heart rate or it may not? you know yeah
0: 100 it's just
1: it's just your whole year is just learning and I can't I can't express that enough is that you're not expected to know and I am someone that's so hard on myself and I think that's why I struggled so much because I just had this expectation of myself and it was unrealistic you know mm-hmm. um and I'm in my second rotation I'm six weeks in and i I still have to remind myself that don't stress. You're not expected to know that. You just have to learn. And, of course, you have to have accountability. And I went away from that situation feeling very accountable. And I reflected on that and I spoke to my educator about it. And they weren't mad at me. They weren't punishing me. But we sat down and we used it as a really good learning opportunity. And now I know that every time I have a patient that has a low heart rate, I'm not going to take someone's word for it that the doctors are aware. I'm just going to tell them and I'm going to make sure that I cover my ass and I'm going to make sure that I question everything because that's how you learn, you Mm -hmm. know. That's how you learn. And these
0: experiences is what like then like next time you have a patient in a similar situation, you're able to draw back on those experiences and we don't have that yet. Like we don't have all these different types of experiences like yeah. I remember like I had a patient that had come in with like a syncopal fall and, um, you know, he was um, like he'd been cleared like C-spine and everything. Yeah. And so he was fine and he did have like AF and stuff. But anyway, I was um, like sat him on the edge of the bed and then like my educator came past and was like, you know, like, are you watching him? Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, like I can see him. And he was like the room closest to like the nurse's station. So Mm. like I could see him and she was like, oh, I just think about this time. Like if he had a fall at home, what's not to say he's not going to have a fall again here, like on your shift. And I was like, oh my God, you know, because she was like, like, she had these experiences. Like I had a patient like this and then they fell and, you know, he's on anticoagulants what's not to say that he falls and he's gonna have a bleed and I was like oh my god <laughs> like, I was thinking, you know and the patient was sitting there listening to all this and I was like I'm um, sorry like you're fine like I'm just gonna keep a close eye on you but like you know at that time I wasn't really thinking about all those things because no, I see my patient and he's stabilized now and I'm not thinking and she says to me maybe it's not the best thing but she's like I always think about the worst case scenario and how to prevent that <laughs> and I guess that is sometimes good but I don't think you can go into every patient and think like what's going to happen like are you going to yeah. die on me right now like how can I prevent yeah. that you know it's like you know and she's obviously had all these experiences so she gets really stressed when she has a patient in a similar um situation because she thinks that could happen to them too but it's yeah I don't know sometimes it's it's hard like we don't have all those experiences so how are we meant to know what could potentially happen
1: and it's interesting because I've definitely had educators that come up to me at the start of the shift and they go right talk me through patients and I'll go okay so this patient's presented with you know a chest infection so we're managing his chest infection he's under the respiratory team but then she'll go yeah but they've got a past history of, um, you know, chronic cardiac disease or mm. chronic cardiovascular disease. So we're going to do this, 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 this and this because we've got it. And I'm sort of thinking, okay, like it's it's so important as a grad to be able to filter through, you know, you've got educators. Educators are there to help you. Obviously they're there to educate you, but they're not the people that you should take as gospel in a sense. No. I guess you take what is valuable to you from those people and, of course, now now I'll get the handover sheet and I'll look through my handover past, I'll look through the, med- the past medical history and I will just do a quick, okay, is that going to be something that I have to watch out for? Is that going to be something that I have to implement into my care? And you mm-hmm. kind of go through that critical thinking. But not to that extent that that nurse did. That works for her. That's really great for her and she's had so much experience and, and that's how she does it. But that doesn't sit necessarily comfortable with me, so I'll no. take a little bit from what she said and I'll add that to my care, but I'll do it a bit of a different way. You
0: yeah, know, as long exactly. as you can sort of.
1: Educators always have a, an end, I guess, principle that they want you to pick up from that conversation. So you kind of have to read between the lines a little bit, and some educators are better at communicating that than others. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about just. I guess rectifying that one bit of important um, information that they're trying to tell you and then adding that to your own bank of information
0: yeah and sometimes it's not practical like at 8 a.m in the morning to do all no. these things it's like sorry I just need to do my obs and meds first and then I'll exactly. add that to my other long list of other things I need to do like I think sometimes I like it's like you do realise, like, I have other things to do right now. And exactly. it's like I will come back to that when I have the time because, like, once again, it's like you have to just prioritise tasks. Like, you can't just do one little thing because they said that and then you haven't done their obs and meds, which is, you know, pretty important.
1: And that's the thing. And I think it's all about just – and. And sometimes you get those educators when they say those things, then you start second guessing and going, well, should Mm -hmm. I be doing this every day? Should I be doing this for every patient? Like, oh my God, she's had 10 years experience or 20 years experience. I should be doing it that way. But it's that pressure. And I think you really need to learn fast how your educators communicate and the way that they like to teach things because sometimes Mm -hmm. their teaching methods aren't going to align with how you learn. Um, And you sort of need to, I guess, put a bit of a barrier. I ended up having to put a bit of a barrier to one of my educators, you know, personally. I, I didn't tell her this, obviously. But personally, I had to go, okay, this educator's on today. I'm going to make sure that I do this, this, and this before she comes so that I'm prepared, so that mm-hmm. I know that she doesn't hold me up. And I'm going to politely communicate to her, I really appreciate it. I'd love to give you a handover of my patients today, but do you I'm mind busy. if I just... Get this done, and then I'll come and find you when I'm ready. You know, you yeah. have to you have to sort of take a bit of initiation and take a bit of that um, to just, I guess, um, yeah, get setting rooted. boundaries
0: sometimes, like healthy boundaries. I found that sometimes, yeah, educators come at the worst times, and it's like, yeah. sorry, and I'm a really bad person at saying like especially to someone that's kind of superior to you, like because, you know, we are grads and you don't want to say no to your educator. But sometimes you have to be like, yeah, look, I'm actually really busy right now. I've got something else on like my priority list. I'd actually like to talk about this later, you know, because sometimes like what they're telling you is not going to be, like super significant in what you're doing right now like sometimes they just want to chat about your patients and go over the path or why are we giving this med for this reason blah 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 yes and yes. sometimes it's like you know if it's not like you need to know it for that right second then it can wait and I think it's important you just say look yeah as you said I'd love to chat about it later I'll come and find you in your office
1: and hopefully if they're a good educator, they'll offer to help you in that moment and say, okay, you seem really busy. What can I do to help? Yeah. And you're like, okay, <laughs> you can do all this. Then. Yeah. And you can delegate. Yeah. I find educators are the best people to practice your delegation skills because oh, they technically can't say no.
0: <laughs> no, it's like you don't have any other patients. So, exactly. Help me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I just think for the listeners, like I – I, once I realized that I was going through this transition shock, I really was able to identify solutions on how to help me. Um, And I think, you know, it's important to find the supportive staff on the ward. You know, if you don't have necessarily a really good culture, find those special people um, through the pack that are the ones that you feel like are really open to talk to. Um, And I think finding, Finding um, confidence in being able to speak up about how you're feeling is so important because if you don't tell people, they're not going to know and they're going to expect that you don't need help. You know, I remember one of my my colleagues came to me and said, you know, um, she said, if you need help, tell me because I don't want to get to the end of the shift and you be behind and hold us up when I've asked you if you needed help but you've said no because you didn't want to seem like you were struggling, you mm-hmm. know. And that was the most important thing. Like I remember she we had that conversation is, you know, she said, I don't want you to go at the end of the day, complain that you didn't have a break, but then tell me that you needed help all, that, all those hours ago mm-hmm. when I asked, you know. Yeah,
0: I think it's so important to be honest. Like sometimes I go up like to the other nurse and like if they've already been on break and then like, look, I haven't been on break yet, but I have this this, and this to do. And they yeah. sometimes say to me, well, what's most important right now? Like can this way, you can do that after your break and I'll do this and then you can go on your break. So I think it's, yeah. yeah, being like obviously not everyone that you work with will be like, oh, you know, I'll do this for you so you can go on break. Like unfortunately not everyone is super nice that you work with. Yeah, But, you know, I think it's yeah important just to say, you know, these are things I need done and hopefully they can help you.
1: Yeah. And I think as well, going back to the educators is that's also their job as well. Like if I need help with something and my buddy nurse or my, my nurse in my section is busy, I will go to the office of the educator and say, Hey, do you mind helping me with this? Like, because what are they going to say? Oh, sorry. No, like that's literally their job is to help junior staff. So Um, just m- being aware of your supports and using them, and always being afraid. Don't be afraid to ask questions.
0: Yeah, um,
1: because if that. you don't know something, you are putting not only yourself at risk, but you're putting your patient at risk, and that's that defeats the whole purpose of your job. Defeats yeah. the whole purpose of your career. Is you don't you want to do the best thing for your patient, and it's in the best interest of your patient to do the processes properly and buy the book because if you're doing something that you're not sure about you're potentially putting them and your job at risk you know Mm -hmm. yeah um another thing that really helped for me is I actually in the first six months I don't do it anymore I wish I did but I kind of just feel like I don't need to anymore but I had a journal And I went to Kiki K and I bought a really beautiful (laughs) journal and I got it, you know, embossed with my initials and it was going to be my special nursing journal and I made it something really special to me. And I would, at the end of my shift, while crying, no, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would write, I would really make sure that I would write three positive things that happened, even if it was the worst shift, even if I was an hour late getting out of work or I was behind with things. I would write three positive things, whether that be I did my meds by nine nine a.m. Um, I had I was able to get two patients washed today. Um, I had a I developed a really good rapport with my friend with my patient today. Or one of my patients <laughs> said that I did a really good job. I would write three things that I um, that made me feel really good about my shift, and I would also write one thing that I learnt. Um, And then one thing at the end of the shift that I felt like I could improve on in my next shift. So then it kind of helped me go into my next shift going, okay, that worked for me yesterday. I'll do that. That didn't work for me last week. I won't do that. What can I do to change that situation? And you sort of, you develop that sort of, I guess it's critical thinking of how can I get through it better next time? you know yeah um, that's really and cool. it's it's also so amazing to read back mm-hmm. like I have my journal um and I'm I'm so excited I haven't read it yet but I when I finish my second rotation when I finish my graduate I'm actually going to sit down and go through that journal yeah and it's going to be so cool to see how far I've come
0: imagine reading it when you're like a- like an old nurse and, you know, I know. You're sitting with your cup of tea reminiscing on your first yeah. year of nursing and yeah. you know we'll look back at that and be like wow that was such a tough time and you'll be like look look at what an amazing nurse I turned out to be because yeah you often do doubt those abilities and I think that journaling is a great way I tried to start journaling but I just get so tired at yeah. night and I'm just like oh I'd rather just sleep so I need to get better better at it because I think it is a really good way to help you reflect on how far you've come.
1: Yeah. And I also made a rule with myself because I would obviously come home from my shifts absolutely hating <laughs> life. I would, mm. I would make a rule for myself is as soon as I close that book, I do not think about my shift again. As soon yeah. as I finish that last sentence, that's it. I'm that's not thinking about that shift. That's behind me. It's a new day. It's a new shift,
0: you know yeah that's good I often do that like when I drive home from work I like talk to myself in the car and I <laughs> just talk about the shift and I kind of give myself affirmations and yeah. you know be like I guess it's a way like journaling out loud but you know so that when I especially for a late early I make sure that I talk in my car get everything out call a friend yeah cry be yeah. angry at what happened and then when I get home time to be Fall asleep, girl. Like you need yeah. to get your beauty sleep because you need to be up at like 5 15 the next morning. Yeah. Um yeah, I think it's important to it's hard to find ways how to leave work at work, but I think it's something that you work on.
1: It is. And it's something that's very personal. You know, yeah. so many people do so many different things. Um and I think it's just it's just trial and error in your graduate, really.
0: hmm Yeah, that's really good. Um so I guess we've sort of covered a lot of interesting things in this conversation, but I think to sort of um, sum it up, um, what are your plans for next year with nursing? That like given that you've sort of struggled um, at the beginning of your grad year, now you're enjoying it more. What do you think you want to do next?
1: So I think I've done two rotations in adult nursing, um, mm-hmm. and. I think I've learned, definitely learned a lot, um, I've learned some really basic nursing skills, things that will you will carry through any type of nursing that that you might experience. Um, but my plan is to really focus on my end goal um, after my grad year is work my way into um, paediatrics. So um, I think I will apply for – so my hospital does a transition to practice – transition to sp- specialty practice, sorry mm-hmm. – um, Program which basically is a bit of a, it, I guess it's almost like a bit of a grad year, but you sort of go into a specific area, so whether it be periop or um, PACU or, um, you know, mental health ICU, ED, yeah, ED. anything anything that's kind of a specific um, ward, um, they will do a transition to specialty practice program where where anyone can apply it. You could be working in the nursing field for 20 years and you could apply um, or you could be, you know, a baby grad that's just come out of their grad year like me. But basically it's a way to, I guess, transition you into learning more about that specialty. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's set up to... Um, focus on postgraduate studies as well Um, so just expanding your knowledge in a particular area rather than a broad area so um, I think I will probably uh, try and apply for the program for the pediatric ward at my hospital Um, Mm -hmm. and then my, my very, very end goal is to work at the Royal Children's. That's sort of, it's a, I'll, I'll have come a full circle by the time I get there, I think, yeah. and that will be my, I guess, career achievement is to get a job there, um, and it's a major hospital. It's a major, major hospital. And the acuity is so much higher than what I think I'll be used to from any of my jobs. Um, so I'm just taking my time. I'm just being patient with it. I'm I'm in absolutely no rush. You know, nursing is a job that you have for life
0: um, mm-hmm. and as
1: long as you want it for. So um, I'll just work towards it. I'll build my confidence. I'll build my skills. And I know that the right time will come. Uh, to when I get there and um, I can't wait it's so exciting
0: yay I'm really proud of you I think that it's it's hard when you don't get like a rotation or a position like at a hospital that you originally wanted at or like in a you know obviously you didn't get peds um, spot but it's you know as you say there's always ways to get there and nursing is a long career so yeah just stick at it and just, yeah, have that end goal visualized. And, you know, some days might be hard, but just keep thinking about where you're going to end up. And, you know, as you say, sometimes it's just like one year, you just got to stick it out and then hopefully you'll get into the program you want
1: the next yep. year. And, and I guess for, for the listeners that are going into their grad years, it's not a glamorous year. It's not it's not as glamorous as you might think. Um, it's hard. It's a really, really challenging year. And it's so physically and mentally demanding. And I think my biggest advice is just take your time, be patient with yourself and don't be don't be upset if you don't get the hospital that you want. Don't be upset if you don't get the interview or the the match that you really wanted because at the end of the day, I'm a strong believer in everything happens for a reason. And I have learned so much in my current uh, graduate year and I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, at the start of the year, I really wanted to work in peds, but I've done two rotations in adults and I wouldn't have it any other way. I've learned so much and I've met such incredible people and um, it's all going towards something. You're never going to learn something that you're never going to not need. So um, yeah, just take it as it comes, embrace the experience and just see the positives in it. And I know that's so, that's a bit wanky, but just see the positives in any wards that you get because it's all going towards something.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I think that's a really good way to um, finish the episode on like, like a really nice note that just, you know, each day when it's hard, just think of the positives that like what you did well. Yeah. But yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I think thank you for this me, will be yeah. such a really good conversation. I've really, really enjoyed it. I'm loving doing all these um, episodes because I did a few yesterday and it's just so nice, like hearing, Like people's experiences and, you know, even though they're like, you know, I'm interviewing lots of like my friends and I know like things about them, but you don't know everything. And it's just, it's nice just hearing other people's journeys and things. And I think it's really helpful to others, you know, to make them not feel alone and sort of normalize things.
1: Exactly, and just I guess talking to people that get it, you know, I find that I can only really have conversations about work with with other nurses because, or other people that work in the health industry because it's a special kind of job, and you've got to be a special kind of person, and not many people get it. But the people that do get it really understand it. So
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Thank you so much, Ivy.
1: Thank you, Milena, and good luck. I loved listening to the first episode and I'm so Uh, excited for more.
0: Thank you, darling. See you later. (laughs) See you. Bye.